Hello guys, and thank you for listening and watching another up episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. It is hidden in plain sight, God says. It is hidden in plain sight. The kingdom of darkness is right there in your face. Let's get into it. Okay, so I was uh, studying, right, and I don't know what I was looking at. Something triggered and the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And he said, the kingdom of darkness is hidden in plain sight. So I'm going to point out some of the hidden agendas or motives of the enemy that God has shown me um, that is hidden in plain sight. And, and it's like right in your face and you can't see it, right? So the way God explained it to me, guys, um, he began to show me the examples in the Bible, right? And he began to show me how the kingdom of darkness is hidden in plain sight. And the reason why it's hidden in plain sight is because he began to teach me about the story of the wheat and the tear, right? Not as we typically see that uh, parable or that example, but in a different way. So first of all, true discernment comes with walking closely with God. Things are discerned by the spirit, right? So we have to be able to be in sync and unison with the spirit of God to be able to discern. But hidden in plain sight, it sometimes comes in forms of friendships, family members, parents. It comes in forms of relatives. It comes in forms of music, culture. You might say, well, this person looks normal, right? They you know, don't go out, smoke, drink, they don't do this. But how do we really know if the kingdom of darkness is in operation? The Bible says that you will know a tree by its fruit, no other way but the fruit that the tree produces. An orange tree can't produce apples and an apple tree can't produce pears. It's that simple. So let me break it down. So walking closely with God, will also open up revelations. It will begin to open up discernment. It will begin to help you to see. My prayer is this. Lord, help me to see people the way you see them. Help me to treat people the way you treat them and help me to um, have the kind of faith that, that Jesus has, right? I always want to use him as being my example because we're flawed individuals as people. So I look to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of my faith. So I'm always saying, Lord, give me the eyes to see the way you see things, to love people the way you love them, right? And that way you're not getting a skewed vision or fleshly revelation. So the kingdom of darkness has a sound, he says. It has a culture. It has an energy. It has a fruit, a character, which I just mentioned. It has a look music, behavior, and most importantly, an absence of love in the fruit of the spirit isn't present. It has a false fruits. Good example. The spirit, the one of the fruits of the spirit is kindness. The false fruit in the kingdom of darkness will be politeness. Sometimes we, we will confuse somebody being polite for them being kind. That's two different things. Being polite is behavior, right? Behavior modification. But how many of you know that behavior modification will never take the place of real deliverance? 
Just because someone hasn't done something in a while doesn't mean that that thing is still not in them to do. Okay, they haven't cheated in two years. The opportunity presents itself, the behavior comes into play. The fruit of who that person really is, right? So the kingdom of darkness has a sound, a culture, energy, has a look. It's in the music, it's in the food, it's in the culture, it's in the the the, the way people do things, their behavior. And even though sometimes behavior can come across as being polite, it can come across as having you know, nice mannerisms, and it can come across as I don't drink or smoke. It can come across as, you know, um, I'm not having any sex until I'm married, but you're religious. You're not really spiritual. You're religious sometimes. And it's not saying that you're supposed to have sex before you're married. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there is a behavior that you will see in the religious doctrines that are taught by the devil that no makeup, long skirts, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you can't, uh, you have to keep your head covered and all those type of things. It may seem like the right thing to do, but is it the God thing to do? Is that who God really is? So God says it's hidden in music. It's hidden in people's lifestyle. It's hidden in their values. It's hidden in agendas and desires. I'm giving you an example. I was watching a YouTuber. I haven't watched them in a while. It's a couple. Um, and I haven't watched them in a while and I uh, was watching them a while back. And so I was watching them because I wanted to see the renovation of their house. I love house renovations, right? So I was looking at the renovation of their home, but in them showing us the home, I began to pick up the culture. I began to pick up nice people, a uh, beautiful home in New York, um, remodeled. I'm looking at the home, but at the same time, I'm picking up on the language. I'm picking up on the culture. I'm picking up on who these people really are. Just in them saying things. So God has wanted me to point out and to highlight some of the things that are hidden to in plain sight that we will mistaken for good people, right? Good people, or we may be mistaken for a child of God. Because we know that God speaks and he says that, some people are children of the devil and some people are children of God. Well, you might say, I don't see that with this individual, with this family, because they are just nice people. They don't get into much. But then I started listening to, when I was watching this video, her speak, right? And she started talking about the new year and how she manifested this life or this whatever she's doing, um, she's doing some kind of, um, you know, thing with YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And then they started talking about just different things that was not of God, right? Some people may even um, label themselves with the horoscope. I hear people say there's Christians. Oh, you know, I'm a Cancer or I'm a Capricorn. And you know, Capricorns don't, but they're Christians. So what you'll begin to see is, you don't pay it any attention, but those things are abomination to God. Those things are not of God. Somebody who's really walking with the Lord, the fruit is there. And a lot of times people can have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. What is the power thereof that God talks about? It's the power that transforms your thoughts, that will have you to repent and transform your life right? A re reformation, a regeneration. 
takes place when you encounter the real Jesus, not the Jesus, of the spirit of another Jesus that people are teaching. They'll say, Jesus, God, this, and then they'll say, I'm a cancer and cancer don't play us, right? I used to be heavily into horoscopes, right? I used to label people by horoscopes. And I mentioned this in another video. And God told me to put it, chop the head off and put it to death because that will land you in hell. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's a lot of people that profess to know Jesus, but it's not the Jesus of the Bible. It's another Jesus. They call it in the, um, Paul says it's a spirit of another Jesus that they teach. It's the Jesus that you accept, right, as your savior, but you're not making him Lord, which means he's not ruling or governing your life, which means that no change is really taking place. You have a form of godliness, but you're denying the power that would transform your life but denying the resurrection power thereof, right? Because that's what's going to transform and change your life. The power of God changes your life. And like the Bible says, the ladies with the issue of blood says, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. So a lot of us have not touched him. We have a belief that he exists and we have a form of godliness. We know the lingo, right? We know the words to say. We know the, the, the jargon, the religious jargon, right? We know that, but we have not really touched the hem of his garment because if you but touch the hem of his garment, there's going to be a transformation that everything that is not like him is going to be regurgitated. God is going to begin to take you on a journey, right? He's going to begin to take you on a journey and to show you and to start, start to transform your mind. Because if the mind is never renewed, if the mind is never changed, then the lifestyle remains the same. And, you know, I hear some people saying, um, you know, that they're not going, uh, they're going back. They, they, they're going to do something again. And I'm saying, if you don't remove your head from your body, then you're going to encounter the same type of lifestyle. Like if you don't change the way you think, and I'm not talking about changing the way you think that don't require any faith. That I manifested. Well, we're not talking about that. We're talking about changing, let, allowing God to change the way we think, to renew our minds. That's why the Bible says, except you come like a little child. Why he say a little child? I say I was going to do a study on children, right? And I always watch kids because I think they're so fascinating. But the Bible always compares that. And he said, except you come like a little, why? Because kids are very impressionable. You can teach them anything. See, you have to be teachable in order for God to renew your mind. You have to come as a child. That means forget everything that we think we know, the ideologies and all of the altars, the demonic altars that we have set up in our lives, the horoscopes, the, the divination, the sorcery, uh, all those things, talking to the dead, palm reading, Ouija boards, um, a yoga, mind meditation, Scientology, all those things that don't require Jesus that removes him from the equation, we have to put to death. We have to put it to death. We have to chop the head off, guys. We cannot say we are Christian and then you hear me saying, oh, I'm a, I'm a Capricorn, I'm a Libra, I'm a, you know, that's not God. Then you haven't really touched the hem of his garment. Change has not really taken place because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. This has happened to me more than once. 
when God really and truly touches and he changes you from the inside out and he starts to point out very gently, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. There's no condemnation, right? Day by day and week by week, moment by moment, year after year, he begins to show you things that is not of him, show you things. But let's get back to the hidden agendas of the kingdom of darkness. Because a lot of times we will assume that because somebody's saying, Lord, Lord, or they're mentioning the name Jesus, that they are saved. And really, they have no Jesus in them. They have a form of godliness, but they don't really have Jesus hasn't really transformed their lives. You see it in music. So now you're being taught by demons. You're being um, um, serenaded by demons through music. And why is that so important with music? That's a big deal to God because the vessel that it's coming out of, it's a demon or it's a person that has um, uh, given their life over to the enemy. And now he's using it for his glory instead of God using our lives for his glory. So that's why God doesn't want us listening to certain things. It's not because the per it's, it's, it's because of the vessel and the the source behind it, what's who created it, right? Not created it because he's not a creator, but it's the source behind who has them doing it. That's what make it bad too. Not to mention sometimes it's the words, it's the whole lusty thing that's going on with it, right? It's hidden in dance. It's hidden in performing. It's hidden in um, values, what some people may value. Their values may be skewed. And even though they they like family and they like kids, they may value animals above people. They may value, all of those things are skewed visions. They're, those are skewed things that are not of God. God will allow the wheat to grow with the tear, right? So the wheat, he, was, he says here, here uh, in the book of Matthew, it says, Matthew 13 and 30. And I thought this was very interesting, right? Because he then began to show me, um, Judas. So the New International Version says, let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it to my barn. So the New Living Translation reads like this, let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, to tie them into bundles and to burn them and to put the wheat in the barn. So basically he was giving them a parable, right? But then later on, the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, tell us the parable, the interpretation of the parable about the wheat and the tares. And so Jesus began to talk to them about the wheat and the tares. And he begins to give them a revelation, a reveal word of what he's saying. See, he spoke to the, to the sinners in parables. But then if you're a disciple of God, he'll speak to you through revelation, meaning he'll give you the revealed knowledge of what he's saying. That's why when you have a dream, it's, sometimes it's in parables. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is. And then he will begin to give you the reveal word of that dream. But what he showed me in this, he said, when he began to, um, to explain it to the disciples, he said, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked ones. The enemy who sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. 
Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The, the burned in the fire is simply he takes the non-believers that grew up with the wheat or the tares. He takes them, he bond, put them in a bundle and they basically go to hell. That's what the burn them in the fire. That's what that means. So basically the part that God wanted me to highlight was the part where he said they grow together. So it's a lot of people, and this is what he said, it's a lot of people that God will use, right, evil, wicked people to train you. And he showed me this in the book of Judas, I mean, in the book of Matthew 13, 30. And I thought it was, I'm sorry, this is Matthew 13, 30. He showed me this in the um, um, book of Matthew where he talks about how Ju Judas sold him you know, for 30 pieces of silver. And I thought it was, you know, ironic that Matthew 13 and 30 talks about the wheat and the tear. He had me to hone in on the number 30 and he was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Matthew 13 and 30 talks about separating the wheat from the tear and how they grow together. So this is what God showed me. So he said, how evil works, God will use evil, wicked people to train you, to mature you. And they will walk, they will, he said, they will walk like you, they will talk like you, and they will look like you. Jeremiah says, in the book of Jeremiah, it says, the heart is the most deceitfully, deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But I, God, test the heart. I examine the heart and I test the mind. Only God knows the true core of a person's heart. So, but there's the thing Jesus knew from the beginning with Judas, right? So what God was showing me was how Judas sold him, how the, uh, Satan entered him and he sold him for 30 pieces of silver. Matthew 13 and 30 talks about separating the wheat from the tear. Now, the disciples had no clue that Judas was the enemy. They had no clue. Why would God pick Judas knowing that he would deceive and he would do it? We know for the greater purpose, which was, you know, to go to the cross so that he can redeem and um, die on the cross for our sins, right? We know that was the greater purpose. But just think about that, how when the disciples actually felt, found out that one of the apostles was the enemy, they had no idea that that, that man walked with Jesus for three years during his ministry. Yet Jesus still chose him to be one of the apostles because it was a part of God's plan. And this is huge because this is a great example of what God showed me about the enemy being hidden in plain sight. The, the apostles had no idea, even, even though Jesus told them that I'm going to show you who's going to betray me, the one who I feed the bread to when they went to for the Last Supper, and that's the one who's going to betray me. And yet they still didn't get it until after it was all said and done. But I know, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. thinking, looking back after Jesus had died and was resurrected and they were just walking and preaching the gospel and going about their way. I know they were thinking about how, man, how did we not see that Judas was the, of the enemy? How did we not see that his heart was wicked? The flip side to that coin is, how did Judas not think that Jesus was on to him? I know he's seen him do miracles. He's seen him read people's thoughts. 
he knew the magnitude of the power and the weight of the authority that Jesus carried. And he walked with him, not for a week, for two weeks, but for three years. And you thought you can still get one over on him. But you know what God showed me even in that? He said, pride will blind people from truth. Hear me when I say this. Pride, pride. You can't see. The Bible says that pride cannot stand in the presence of God. That means that he never really had a revelation of who Jesus really was because he was greedy, because he was a betrayer, and because he was money hungry. He was the treasurer. He was the one that kept the money, right? But pride kept him from seeing Jesus because of the pride in his heart and the greed in his heart. Sin will keep you from seeing and having a revelation of who God is. Things in your heart, idols in your heart will keep you from revelation. And without revelation, the people cast off restraints. The Bible says without the revelation, the people cast off restraint. That means that they're loose. People are loose without revelation, right? This is why you have people that still sin, even though they say that they're saved. They habitually sinning because they don't have a revelation of who God is. They know the word, but they hadn't really been introduced to the author. So you can know God, but not really know God. You can know the word, you can quote the scripture, but you don't know the author up close and personal. So what begins to happen is God will allow the wheat and the tear to grow up together. And then at an appointed time, he will then begin to separate and he will begin to divide the truth from the fake. But at that time that they're growing up with you, right? They look like you, they talk like you, they dress like you, they, they say the lingo and say the things that you think that's of God, right? It sounds a form of godliness, but there's no real true transformation. See, Judas' heart hasn't, wasn't really transformed. He was chosen, right? And he was called to be an, he was called and he was called to be an apostle, but there was no transformation, but God used him. Do you not think for a second that after it was all said and done, that those disciples had a better awareness of what evil really looked like up close and personal? Because then they start to examine his behavior, his mannerisms and his motive. Have you ever been around somebody? And you didn't know something about them. And then after the fact they was gone, you found out something about them and you started thinking about everything that they said and did while you was in their presence that, oh, well, how did I miss that? They did say that. Oh, how did I? Yes, that makes sense now because why did they act like this? Or why did they say this? Same thing. So God uses that to mature us as Christians, right? And sometimes he won't snatch that enemy away from us. Why? Because not only is he using it to mature us and grow us up, he's also, um, uh, he's very delicate when it comes to other believers. So a lot of times you will have a person that is, that God has not uh, judged or dealt with, even though they're doing witchcraft, divination, and they're, and they're speaking or preaching the word of God to people, but that's not really of God. And God would, because to be honest, it's a twofold thing. The people who they preach to really is, really do have the real Jesus. 
So to snatch that person and to expose that person when it's not the right time will cause other believers that are new to the faith to fall away. So a lot of times he will just allow that thing to keep going. Even though they're the false teacher, sometimes people really do catch the real Jesus. So it's a twofold thing and God is very delicate in how he deal with people. He don't just uh, just snatch the rug from other people. He give them time to repent. He give them time, you know, to come into the knowledge of the truth. And then at an appointed time, he'll reveal himself and then he'll judge and deal with people at that appointed time. But he doesn't he doesn't just snatch the rug or expose immediately. Why? Because there's a time and a season that he will give them to repent. And also there's 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 a a new believer or a person on the other side that really do have the real Jesus, even though they're following a fake thing. But then when God began to expose that individual at his appointed time, right? And he's bringing the truth of the light to things and that person don't back up or leave it alone. They begin, they, they begin to become subject to the thing that they are submitted to, if that makes sense. So, there's um he what did he say but here's the thing jesus know um he knew judas from the beginning he knew that he was greedy and he was a betrayer uh and you would think like i said judas would have known that so god is saying today the enemy is hidden in plain sight you would begin to see that in the conversations of people what they're saying the things that they value um if god is absent from their their life they don't talk about Jesus. He's not the, the center of why they do things. Uh, what they're doing doesn't require any kind of faith. They make things happen on their own. All of that is are clues and indicators. The music that they listen to, the 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 music and the the crowds that they are around. And even if they are just simple people that don't really go out and be around crowds, but God is totally absent from anything in their life. They don't have a prayer life. They don't talk about Jesus. He is not nowhere on the scene, but they're decent people. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and when I say decent people, I mean in terms of not lawlessness, not craziness going on, or parties and all that, you know, things that they shouldn't be doing. I'm not talking about the obvious. I'm talking about the hidden things that are in plain sight. So as I began to listen to people and as I began to um, um, look at the videos, you know, on YouTube or the, some of the people that I like, and it doesn't stop me from watching the videos or whatever, whatever, but I just now know what's in front of me, right? Um, some videos I have to immediately turn because it's so demonic, it's unreal, you know, it's ridiculous. But sometimes God would just you know, it's just seemed like a normal family, a normal person that's just blogging. And then you begin to say, okay, they are obsessed with Harry Potter. That's witchcraft. Okay. They are obsessed with, um, 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 certain things that you know is not of God. And then you begin to see their journey and see what they value and see what they're really into. Even though they're not out wild and out, you know what I'm saying? It's still a lifestyle. It's a value. It's a culture. It's in the music they listen to. And even though they're not bad people, it's all in their makeup. And Jesus is nowhere in their life. Um, there's no prayer life. There's no way, no way you can walk with God, talk with God, and not hear somebody talk about Jesus at some point. I remember seeing this on this, this guy's Facebook page that was um, trying to pursue me, right? 
I went to his Facebook page, right? Because if, if you went to God, you, you, you're going to see something about Jesus somewhere. You're going to see it, guys. And I began to look at his whole page was demonic. Demonic. God was nowhere in that person's life. And even though it's a social media account, God is going to be mentioned or something to that effect. You're going to know your spirit is going to bear witness with the things of God. And I think that's it. That's all. That's what he wanted me to hone in on is hidden in plain sight. Just ask God. He is the God in heaven that reveals secrets to open your eyes. And I just pray Ephesians 1 and 18 over you that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened even the more that the eyes of your understanding will begin to see people and places and things for what they really are. And God will even begin to go into even artifacts and things when you go shopping, things that you shouldn't pick up or things that, that has a demonic attachment to it. He will be even begin to, to sharpen your ears to hear what the spirits are saying, the spirit behind the individual is saying, right? Saying good things, but it's not God, a God thing. So I just pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that your eyes will see and your ears will hear and your heart will perceive what the spirit of the Lord is saying and that a stranger's voice you will not follow. That is the word. That is it. That is all. Be blessed, guys. Until the next time, like, comment, share, and subscribe. I will see you in the next video. Bye, loves.